0: Welcome to the Hopeful Economics Podcast, a ministry of the United Church of Canada proudly supported by mission and service and new church ministry of the Christian Church Disciples of Christ in the United States and Canada. With an incredible lineup of speakers, you'll dive deep into the relationship between social enterprise and faith. You'll learn about the economic impact of churches and how to pitch your community of faith to form new partnerships. Hopeful Economics is a way of looking at the world of assets in abundance and making them work for everyone. This content originated from the Hopeful Economics Unconference, a virtual event in March of 2021. Mark your calendars for March 3rd and 4th of 2022 to participate in the next Hopeful Economic Unconference. No one should miss this engaging conversation. We are going to have a really important experience. Uh, we call calling the fishbowl experience. And basically the gist of it is that you will have an opportunity to listen in on a conversation that is happening among a group of church leaders. I really want you to pay attention to what's being said because after, they, um, after we watch in on their conversation, I know there's been times you said, man, I wish I could have been a fly on the wall to that conversation. I wish I could have been in that boardroom. Actually, nobody secretly wants to go to the boardroom. If you have ever wanted to just know what they were talking about as they were developing certain things or get into the mind of some of the leaders, hey, this is the opportunity that you've been waiting for is happening for you here in a few moments.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome back. This is a a fishbowl conversation with some fabulous people on uh, what hopeful economics means to us. I'm Tracy Robertson. I'm with the Ontario Trillium Foundation. I am the lead for innovation in our partnership investments program.
2: Uh, My name is Angela Kulasokram, and I am a co op advisor and land trust coordinator at the Cooperative Housing Federation of Toronto.
3: And I'm Tim Blair, uh, CEO of the United Property Resource Corporation, uh, an affordable housing developer uh, founded by the United
1: Church. Right. So, uh, welcome everyone. And I, we're we're just we're doing a little bit of an experiment where we're going to have a, a conversation um, about uh, hopeful economics. And I'll start off, and then I know that uh, Tim and Angela will jump in. Um, so for me, uh, what that means is really uh, a focus on uh, better connections and building relationships in community and in the um, and really bringing back uh, community as the center uh, if, of of economics. Even I know that um, a lot of times when we speak to, about economics is around the business or uh, business perspective, or something, which 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 is fine, but it's not all encompassing. It's not comprehensive. It's uh, one sided. It tends to be and tends to be focused maybe on money or capital or something like that. That's still essential, I think, as a part of an economy. But the uh, we really need to be thinking. From my our perspective, is really thinking about a, a community wealth uh, building economy. Where we're really uh, looking at a variety of different ways where we're tapping into social capital, emotional capital, financial capital, and um, that we are are looking at embedding kind of um, community and uh, human um, relations and values and norms back into the work that we do. Um that's really important, um I think, to community, and i'm I'm finding that we're really shifting away. and where I find, that there's an interesting connection with faith communities is that they, that is the center of what they do as part of the social infrastructure. So there's, there's a real interesting kind of connection. Um, I think that needs to happen though, that as a, as a funder, we don't necessarily think of um, uh, all the time, but I also uh, also think that that's where we need to start coming back to is really building those connections, the partnerships with a variety of different sectors, whether that is business, um, faith communities, nonprofits, um, social enterprise, etc., and the, we need to create those kind of interconnectedness back to that interconnectedness e- to move and build a more healthier community.
3: Yeah, and I, I can jump in from there. And I, I think those are some great points. You know, as as a real estate developer, you know, thinking about how does the community of faith, how do these this asset, if you will. Um, be thought of not as a liability but as an asset and, and that we try and keep it in the common good um, and that we still think about financial return by you know creating that financial sustainability but also think about the environmental return and the social return and so that we think holistically, if you will, about the site um, and how how it really sort of creates that stability, um, to build resilient communities and, and, you know, keep reinvesting in these places that we can gather um, as a community and that they're open um, and they're inclusive, um, but really become those networks. And that, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, not just building housing, uh, but we're truly building homes um, and creating that sustainability.
2: Carla reminded us to unmute ourselves, and I and I did not unmute myself. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, so that's interesting. One of the things that um, when Carla had called me about hopeful economics is I thought it was an oxymoron. I didn't understand what the concept meant um, because I think Tracy, you touched on it. When we talk about economics, we talk about the bottom line, what it means for society in terms of financials, financial sustainability. There's a lot of talk within the faith-based sector and nonprofit sector generally about a holistic approach, but at the end. of the day the primary consideration is financial can we make this affordable housing project work will there be will there be money to actually develop something and in in my organization that ends up being the primary question when really that's not where we started from we started from we just want to house people that otherwise couldn't house themselves so i think the concept of hopeful, hopeful economics brings me hope because I wasn't introduced to it until um, Carla spoke with me. But what's interesting about um, the United Church specifically is that I didn't realize that our organization back in its history 45 years ago actually did collaborate with the church to build affordable housing. And I don't know what happened over the past 45, uh, 50 years where that, there's been a separation where all these different nonprofits and faith-based organizations, grassroots organizations, have independently been struggling and striving to build something on their own in silos, and then goes to uh, the private sector developer cap in hand asking, Hey, do you wanna collaborate with us? And now I'm thinking, why are we not collaborating more with one another? Why is it always a one off project where you know the OTF has some money here, so let's ask them to build something, and then we can go to another organization and ask them if they would have. Why are we not actually being holistic? So that's what's interesting to me is that we did have this history where we turned to faith-based organizations as non-secular nonprofits um, who actually put up the funds to build a lot of our housing projects throughout the greater Toronto area. Um, They took a risk on us. And then all of a sudden, we were able to do it to ourselves and turned away from that. And now there's this narrative that I hear is like, well, they're inward looking, but then we're also inward looking. So I'm curious as to how we're going to maybe um, change that. And maybe this conversation is one of the starting points.
1: Yeah, I love what what we're talking about, because obviously the pandemic, you can't talk about this without thinking about the pandemic and now it's Sean. Light on uh, on the inequalities that we've had and, and equity that we have in structures and systems, um, and I and I I think that that this is an opportunity that hopeful economics reminds me of. You know, here's an opportunity to start leveraging with others and to start uh, the the connections and partnerships that we intentionally need to have. Because we know that other sectors and, and and parts of our community are working towards similar goals. Like for us, we're working towards you know, healthy, vibrant communities. Why would that not be uh, engaging as many players as we can, which is something that we, we're striving towards um, and we want to do? And, and Angela, when you mentioned, you know, just like here's a funder, here's something, you know, another sector here. And uh, Tim, when you were mentioning the work that you were doing, why are we co-creating? like what like i know there's different power imbalances we have them with corporations we have them with funders with you know there there is a uh, we do have to keep that you know recognize that that's happening but when we're working towards a similar vision and goal around community and um and healthy vibrant communities then why aren't we engaging in like? is there a mistrust that's always there with business is there a mistrust is there a perception of faith communities and what they're like you know and people you know shy away from from that and say you know there's a certain perspective they come from same with a same with a, a, a government funder as like we are you know we only are is there a perception how we do something and so it's it's that um Kind of the um, dismantling of that, that I I think even COVID shone a light on to go, you know what, it's, the, it's that interconnectivity that we need to be doing and that we need to be doing more of. And we saw that even in the faith communities I'm thinking of is when they respond to crises, you know, crises that we had, they responded, they have the social infrastructure in place, right? Whereas a lot of others uh, took some time to respond. I mean, we still did it. As a founder, as a funder, we did it. We re- re- we pivoted, we redirected, we created a resiliency fund as a response to the issues uh, in the community. And so did many different other funders for sure. But that's where I think, I wonder if we can learn from, because there's such a separation, it seems, from the public to the, the faith communities on how, on response um, to needs in community.
3: And I would just say, you know, one of my interesting observations coming from the private sector to this role was just really how the United church sees their role in the community. It, it really is about community and engagement with the neighborhood. It's not, you know, faith, which we feel is so religiously focused. Um, it really is about open and inclusivity and all. And it really is when we're talking about new community space, it truly is community space for everyone. And it, it, That I think is the real difference that I think there's a notion that when you're dealing with a faith-based group, it's a religious spiritual belief that, that that is not compatible with openness and, and everyone. And, and I, what I have really found is that, um, you know, it it really is that openness within the United church that is so different. And I think really allows for the start of that type of conversation.
2: Yeah. I think I want to maybe touch on, a few things that both of you have said that's been interesting or um percolated a little with me is the evaluation criteria. So whenever we're building uh, projects or thinking, one, we're we're in, Tracy, I think you were speaking about like why we turned away from the faith-based community or why we we have these one-off projects. And one of that, I think, is for us, it's all about self-preservation. So we have built all of these affordable housing projects. We've leveraged all of our community members to lobby for certain things, including like rent-gear-to-income continuation things like that and now we're in self-preservation mode like governments have stopped funding we can't uh go do anything we can't raise any money so we need to just preserve what we have and that's a very insular perspective we don't the thought of collaboration and this is my point is risky and we need to do what the private sector does and i'm sure tim could attest to this which is take risks you that they we are we're not willing to take risks because everything we've built could be collapsing from underneath us. And that, that piece is really challenging for me. I would like, how do we work around that? And the other piece is that we're always evaluating the success of our projects and our, um, communities and our engagement in very private sector terms. What's the efficiency, the cost, the, the accountability piece? But if we're talking, and both of you have said this, about um, community engagement, interconnectedness, holistic approach, how do we really evaluate that? And then also fundraise. It's It seems like it's two different parallel concepts that we're always butting heads with. And it, because it's so challenging, we don't want to actually be innovative because it's easier mm-hmm. to just do what we've always been doing and hope that maybe one day someone will rescue us. Right. And, and give us money to build something somewhere else. So I thought that was interesting to hear from both of you on that, but Tim, yeah, go ahead. Yeah.
3: I would just say, you know, the one interesting thing in in the six or nine months I've been here is the real barrier to collaboration in my mind is when they come and want to collaborate with a community of faith, it means give me your land. Yeah. It does not mean let's work together on something. It, it, it is, everyone sees us as simply a land bank mm-hmm.
2: really and that's
3: where everyone starts. And when I say, Hey, that's not really on the, on the, on the table, but let's think of new ways. The conversation goes dead and no one follows up with me, yes, um,
2: experience here. Yeah. <laughs> you know,
3: and so, you know, I've had a lot of great first dates, but you know, no one calls me back when you, you say, Hey, let's collaborate on something. I don't get a call.
2: So. They just swipe left. so how
1: do we change that How, how do we change that because it is about collaboration and it is about getting rid of these perspective perceptions we have of people the same with us we're a funder you come to us and you say you know and you think okay that's for funding that's it what are you going to find? Well, there's lots of ways that we can, we have connections, we have networks, we have, we, we know of uh, different activities that are going on within communities that we can help leverage, that there's a variety of different ways that we can partner. So is there, what is that, that I wonder that if that's a question to the audience, how can we uh, collaborate better?
2: Yeah, I was, what I was thinking is that we're very good at, um, and we've all touched on it, about talking about collaborating with our quote unquote clients or the people that we're serving. We're also good at collaborating with our funders to give us money to figure out how to continue, but we're not good at collaborating with one another. <laughs> this is the group that we need to really collaborate with. Um, so that this is, I think this is great to have this conversation and I'm kind of thankful that the pandemic happened because I don't think we would be thinking about how to be innovative or collaborative. We just continue kind of being on our own hamster wheels trying to figure out how things can uh, get done. So I think collaboration is having these conversations and building trust. That's why we haven't been collaborating because exactly what Tim said happens to us. We have a land trust, uh, one of the largest in North America, with a significant amount of land. And when we approach a private developer, it's like, give us the land and we'll build for you. Well, that's not what we want to do. We want to actually. Work in in partnership, and there's other people like us now. Now I know Tim, and I'm going to probably have (laughs) a conversation with you too about what we could do together now because I didn't know about that before. That you also are in a similar position. We're kind of in our own canoes, trying to figure out how to how to survive. Meanwhile, we should be sharing a boat. I don't know if that's a metaphor. Yeah, but yeah,
3: I like it. I'm good. I'll 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 get in the boat.
1: (laughs) Just just one thing I wanted to pick up on is is just the idea of innovation. And the uh, to, the ability to take risks, and the environment in, uh, that we have not isn't necessarily amenable to that, right? In terms, so we need to create that too, as part of the as part of this collaborative work and and what we want to do. I think in communities because it's typically set up as risk averse, and it's uh, difficult to uh, have those relationships with unusual partners, right, or ones that we need to be a part of.
0: Thanks for listening to the Hopeful Economics Podcast, a ministry of the United Church of Canada, proudly supported by Mission and Service, and New Church Ministry of the Christian Church Disciples of Christ in the United States and Canada. The Hopeful Economics Podcast is produced by Resonate Media. In the spirit of the unconference, we'd love to invite you into the conversation. Subscribe, review, and comment on our social media channels. A special thank you to those that partnered to make the hopeful economics possible. 1001 Worshipping Communities, Alterna, By Social, Faith and Finance, Metcalf Foundation, United Church of Christ, Rooted Good, Toronto Neighborhood Centers, Community Innovation Hub, and learn about Resonate Media at ResonateMediaPro.com. Thanks for listening and continue to share the blessings of health and wealth with everyone.